All right, he's a speaker. All right. All right. So, welcome everyone to the first ever um, Amy based tranny and Basil based gay guy debate on the TQ on the trans question. We're gonna run this like a tight ship and we will, um, we, we promise that we will invite speakers to come on um, in about 45 minutes. A and I each have some questions um, ready to go. Neither participant has seen the questions. They each get exactly two minutes to speak and they get three rebuttals. So Amy or Basil at any point can choose to um, jump in with a rebuttal, okay? All right, so I am gonna start with the first question. A will ask the next question. Um, my first question, and I'll direct it to Amy first, and I will meet myself after this, is what are the stakes of the TQ, of the trans question. Amy starts, two minutes, go. Okay. Mew, we're gonna... Okay, so the stakes of the question, I think, aren't as high as Basil thinks they are. I think like transgender is like a boutique social issue that affects like, a vast, vast minority of the population. Um, I think I have like a criticism of like this like social contagion that's happening on TikTok. And I think there's a lot more people who identify as trans who probably shouldn't or probably aren't benefiting from that. But I ultimately don't see it as like the the end the end of the world, as uh, Basil seems to think it is. Um, I can see, um, I think there's like with the left, the left is, the left has got these like three big things. It's got like uh, COVID, Ukraine, and the, the tranny question as Basil would say. And I think the other two are much more uh, sinister than than this one. That's all. That's all I'd really say. Is my opening. Um. Okay. Your response. What are the the stakes of the question? And able go. <laughs> Basil. Okay. So um. Yeah, so I'll respond. Um, so the re so the stakes question, right? What are the stakes? So the stakes, um, I think, are incredibly high. Obviously, I think the stakes are reflected in the fact that it is something that is. Um, well, let me, let me start again. 
I think um, Amy's right in that it, it does represent an infinitesimally small population of people who call themselves trans in the real world, but that's actually like the root of its perniciousness. It's like there's no reason that this should be the center of our discourse, but the reason that it is is because it's the bleeding edge of a like a larger censorship regime. And I agree with Amy that you know things like Russia, things like COVID, are much uh, more. I would say ex- immediately existential threats to our liberty and our existence on the planet. But I would put forward that they're all one thing. They're all intimately connected. They all represent the intersections of a specific political coalition that are that represent the interests of finance, tech, defense, and pharma. So, for example, if we were to take COVID, for example, that's right up the alley of pharma and tech in terms of censorship. Russia, it's the defense industry, it's tech in terms of censorship, it's pharma in terms of biolabs that may or may not exist in Ukraine. The tranny question is exactly the same thing in which it represents the financial interests of the pharmaceutical industry, but it's also tied up with not only defense, which is like a more niche issue, issue that we might get into later, but also with tech in terms of censorship. And my whole critique goes back to none of these political discussions can be had they all become mute moot excuse me <laughs> they all become moot if um we are censored to such a degree that stating obvious biological facts become verboten whether it's online because of terms of service or in the workplace because of hr departments and their inclusivity programs if something as innocuous as men can't give birth men can't be women etc cetera, etc cetera, become verboten and grounds for you to be unpersoned removed from the discourse removed from your job etc cetera, etc cetera, then actually all of those much more nuanced conversations become impossible because for example um when we're talking about russia right the average person can be easily swayed by you know, a quote unquote foreign policy expert. When it comes to COVID, we're seeing right now with the whole Joe Rogan debate with this random. Hi, everyone. Hopefully this is the last time we have to restart. We are new to spaces. We are all in the same location at an undisclosed location in Manhattan. So we are, uh, we are doing our best to uh, all be in separate rooms. Um, All right, I think I got it all started. So um, I'm gonna go that the deep state doesn't want y'all to hear this. Yeah, the deep state definitely doesn't (laughs) definitely doesn't want this to happen. All right, so I'm gonna. So if those of us, I think most of you were here before, we're gonna. I'm gonna give the next question to A. Um, Amy and Basil were giving the uh, the kind of like what they think the stakes of the TQ are, what the stakes of the tranny question are, um, and I'm gonna give the next mic over to A to ask the next question. So A, I'm gonna beat myself, and you go ahead. All right. Uh... Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining and uh, tolerating the technical difficulties here. But uh, the next question that we've got here is uh, for both of you to answer in your understanding of the TQ, like what is your if you had a perfect world, right? Like your kind of utopian ideal of like how, you know, are trans people treated in the society in terms of law or whatever, like, 
what's the what's the utopian ideal in your view and i guess what we'll start with basil (laughs) oh well thank you so much i appreciate it uh so in my idea uh, I'm going to avoid making hilarious jokes because I'm going to, but um, in my ideal world, like, listen, I don't care how you dress, how you look. I'm, I'm in theory sitting in the same room with man, Amy right now. We're getting along great, having a drink. She's here dressed like a girl. Well, it's I don't care. It's always existed. The question is whether we will adopt the um, absurd. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if you need to go. Get more. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We all right, guys, we are outside. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. In the public square. All right, turn off your phones. All right, guys, we are literally on McDougal Street. I'm going to be passing <laughs> the phone to Basil and Amy. All right, so Basil. Can, can, can check everyone can hear it okay first. Can everyone hear it first? Can you guys give me a bunch of hearts? Sounds good on my end. All yeah, right. No traffic sound. No traffic sound. Everyone's good. I know everyone's laughing so much at us. All right, Poppy. We got a thumbs up from Poppy. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Basil, you brought the cigarettes, right? I did. Oh, yes. thank God. Thank fucking God we got the cigarettes out here. All right. I'm going to pass. Okay. So I'm, we, we, so need to, we need to get Basil to go again, though. Because yeah, I, we're going to get him to go again. All right. We're all, we're all lighting up a cigarette. Every single one. Every person's lighting up a cigarette. All of us are. We're on the we're on the streets of the downtown Manhattan, baby. All right, here we go. <laughs> we're on the fucking streets right now. All right, passing it to Basil. Go, Basil. Okay, guys, I got to be really careful about my tea slurs out here because I will get jumped. Um, but no, basically the question was, what's my utopian world, right? And I, I have to repeat myself because it was a good bit. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, listen, I'll confirm it for you guys right now. Man, Amy passes, right? No one's gonna, no one's gonna clock her ass in the female bathroom. No one's gonna even raise an eyebrow when she walks in. However, that is completely separate and apart from the question of whether the law should recognize male Amy as a man or a woman. And my contention is that the law should recognize Amy as a man for very important, discreet purposes. Because, for example, a great example is, say, Man, Amy looked much more mannish. Say she was lanky and six foot something and pretending to be a model with James O'Keefe. There would need to be some sort of reason sorry, to, um, to exclude her from female-only spaces, and a woman needs to rely in law on that. Or, for example, another very pertinent example, it doesn't matter how well you pass. Say you are a... Um Say you're a woman at a gynecologist's office who only needs to be examined by a woman. There needs to be a basis in law for us to distinguish between men who pretend to be women and women who are actually women. So my ideal universe, I don't care how you dress. I don't care how you present. I'm not here to sell you some sort of fake return where we're putting everyone back in the closet. No, I just want to live in a world like we did. Listen, the world existed before 2010. No one was talking about this uh, TQ stuff back then. And everyone got along great. The, The dolls were dawling. Everyone, everyone was doing great. And my whole point is that we don't need to expand the Civil Rights Act in, to include gender identity expression for, on behalf of the dolls. 
All right, guys. <laughs> We're really on a party street now. Uh, I think everyone can hear everyone. So I'm going to pass it to Amy now, and Amy's going to... Amy's going to give her response to um, to Basil. I just want to, for the record, say that Basil um, called Amy hot. <laughs> so we're going with that. She looks great. Basil is attracted to men, to be fair. But... Basil is... Oh, God. Here we go. Here we... Here we fuck it. Now we're really... Now we're really cheap in these things. All right. Here we go. Amy. Well, first of all, I'd like to... Re- Rebute your little read about Pariah because she's gorgeous and she's she's more she's more feminine than me. She's yeah, she's the most beautiful person you could meet. She's absolutely yeah. Um, and the second one I want to refute was the the censorship regime one you said on the last question. I don't really agree that it's something you can really get cancelled for to the extent that you think you can because like Matt Walsh is such a prominent mainstream figure and he. That's kind of the same things that you do, really. Whereas, you know, the other two issues we talked about before, like the Ukraine and the COVID thing, um, I think they're more risky for what you... I mean, the CIA or whatever will clamp down on you a lot harder for saying those things. Um, In terms of the ideal world, I don't know. Um, Before this was, like, the social contagion in the UK, we had this thing that was called, like, a legal non... uh, A legal fiction, which basically, like, the dolls would just have they could change their sex on their but i mean every fucking russia has this syria has this all these countries that like people see as bad they've always in 97 they all implemented this like gender recognition thing um i think it i guess like i agree with you in terms of maybe there should be some kind of discretion and someone's if someone's gonna be a gynecologist or something and i think you can like yeah i bet that's a bit but i know ultimately like the legal sex change on the passport it does have some benefit, like, in terms of just, like, let's say I wanted to go to Iran, hypothetically. That would, I pretty much wouldn't be able to do that unless I had a female passport. So that's, like, an argument for it. And I also don't really understand, you think it expands the Civil Rights Act. I'm not saying that people need to have, like, specific protections for being trans at all. I don't think that, I think, um, I don't understand how just changing a gender marker actually does yeah it does inflict on your civil rights and everyone's civil rights if you want to refute that no yeah. all right so i'm gonna give basil and probably we're convincing some people to never move to new york because we're literally on like a party fucking street but um <laughs> there's loud ass music here but uh basil do you want a rebuttal okay all right basil's ready for his first rebuttal i'm gonna pass it to basil so you know, even prior to when this this question became like hot button, you know, people were able to change their sex in law, right? Countries, other countries like Japan, for example, have, have a very conservative country, have uh, systems in place. But it's like you have to go through bottom surgery. You have to go through the full gambit in order to get that. That's also been the case here for a long time. People have been able to change their sex marker and ID uh, on their IDs. The question is the gatekeeping, one, is the gatekeeping in that process, and two, is the expansion of the Civil Rights Act because currently through going through Congress is something called the Equality Act, which would explicitly uh, expand the Civil Rights Act to include gender identity expression, right? That's already been, that is already currently the law since, I forget what year it is, 2017, I want to say, since Bostock. They already said gender identity expression is already 
de facto incorporated into the Civil Rights Act. So I, I'll grant you that, yes, there are some dissident, um, there are some media outlets outside of the left coalition that are able to broach this topic. There is none that exists within the broader liberal controlled media market, right? The only place that you'll be able to say this is if you're directly funded by basically Mossad and Daily Wire. And even then it's because you have a different third rail that you can't touch. Jordan Peterson gets on uh, Daily Wire and can start talking about the TQ all day, but guess what he's gonna stop talking about? He's gonna stop talking about Israel-Palestine. My contention is that, that that issue doesn't even really matter. It's something that has no stakes. The TQ is something that actually has stakes. So um, that's my rebuttal to like the civil rights aspect of it, why it's important in that aspect. Um, and, and also to the point where it's like, there is a, there are instances in which there is a social, a pro-social way to have people change their sex markers on ID, but it is defeated when you have things like self ID in the UK or even here. All right, Amy, do you want to give a rebuttal to that or do you want the next question? All right, Amy's got a rebuttal to that. So we're going to pass it off to Amy. So we live in like very different like political climates because I live in the UK. Um, and like you say, oh, it's only the kind of the Daily Wire and that kind of branch of the right that talk about this. But like in the UK and the BBC, they have debates exactly like this, um, where, where a woman, a, tra a trans exclusionary radical feminist, will like go on and she'll say, you know, men can't be women. Uh, the Guardian will publish like stuff like that, like a broadly like center left, um, even a lot of like the left wing, um, even our prime minister. Um, you shared like a leaked thing of him saying men can't, women can't have penises, but like he says that openly. He thinks like, you know, you can't change. So I don't think it's like in the UK anyway, it's not like a, I mean, it's almost the gender critical movement in the UK is more on the left, actually. Like it's part of, it's the feminist issue rather than a conservative issue um that's what i would say to that yeah okay thank you both so the next question we're going to ask is um we're all lighting new cigarettes um so the next question we're gonna ask and it's my question is why is this issue more important than all the other issues we're facing. So to give some context for this, like, you know, Amy and I recently went to Icarus Fest, for instance, and there was a lot of talk about the Ukraine and nuclear war and all this stuff. And we're just, you know, I, my question for both of them is why is this the question? So I'm gonna pass to Amy first and then I'm gonna pass to Basil, two minutes each. Well, my my take for why it's the question is like, it's kind of like a distraction, I think it's like, it's very juicy. It's very like Freudian. We all love talking about like, um, you know, men wanting to be women to have sex with men, AGPs, uh, a million genders. This is all a very like juicy. Um, it's everyone's like fascinated by it on like a morbid level. Um, what's less more boring is kind of, you know, the reference shoes like, you know, and and I think the trans thing for. All right, we lost audio from Q. Let's see. If um, I can bring it back. Yeah, I think like 
non-binary and like the kind of broader trans social contagion is a very convenient way to for someone to everyone feels really oppressed now by the system like it's horrible to live the way we do we're all like in this like neoliberal world where we have nothing to be excited about and then people find this like trans idea and they become very like oh that's a community that's something for me to care about and that makes people get involved in that whether it's the turfs or the trans people that becomes their struggle and it distracts them from you know the the wider thing which is like neoliberal tyranny basically yeah okay thanks for sticking with us everyone i'm gonna pass it to basil now who's gonna answer the same question we know we had a minor uh dip in the conversation but hopefully you got most of amy's point i'm gonna pass it to basil so yeah the reason i would say the tq is so important is because yes i i understand the Ukraine war is extremely important. The COVID censorship regime is extremely important. Uh, Neo-racism in the form of critical race theory is extremely important. However, the TQ is inextricable from this interconnecting, these interconnecting nodes of the leftist na legitimizing narrative, right? And it is the most absurd on its face. It's actually the weakest on its face. So if your actual goal is to combat the left, which manifests itself in all these different ways, right? Whether it's the Ukraine thing, the racism thing, the whatever thing, the most effective way to do that is via the TQ. Because, for example, when we come to the Ukraine thing, there are always a blob of quote-unquote experts who are able to convince normies like, hey, you don't have the subject matter expertise to know enough about this. So they, their, their opinion is persuasive. Same thing with COVID. Same thing with all these other things. However, the TQ is so fundamental, is so it gets to something so fundamental about the human condition that you could very easily, without any type of expertise, get people to say, listen, I don't care what the people on the TV are saying. I don't care what the experts are saying. I know what a man and woman is. And it, that ability to break people out of that interlocking, all, the, all those interlocking psyops, um, it's kind of like an inextricable Jenga piece of this whole tower that once you attack that, the whole thing collapses because it's completely inextricable. And... Um, yeah, I think that's why it's so important is because it's so absurd in space and it's inextricable and you don't you're not persuaded by experts. All right, A, we're gonna mute and you're gonna give the next question, okay? All right. Um so the next question is gonna be what is your case for your position on self ID laws? And I guess this one goes to Basil, right? Yeah, we'll go to Basil first on what is your case against self-ID laws. Basil's going to go first, and then Amy. I think my case is the very easy one here against self-ID. I mean, like I said, uh, people who pretend to be the opposite sex have always existed. You know, the, you know people, whether we call them transsexuals, whatever, whatever, have always existed. But the barrier was actually so high previous to this. You had to go through years of... Uh, therapy, you had to present for a certain amount of years, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of acted as a, a barrier for people who were experiencing the psychological distress, um, who are experiencing psychological distress from being able to adopt this political legal category of transgenderism because once you're in this category you are inextricably in the left i mean you could present yourself as you can present yourself as in a, in a dissonant way however there is this tether that you are constantly connected to and it's based on the premise of my previous answer which is that these things are inextricably interconnected so it's like you can be 
anti-NATO and then anti-COVID. But then guess what? If you still have this soft spot where you're going to still uh, run cover for the expansion of the censorship regime through the TQ, you're still basically running cover for the left and all of its other manifestations. Okay, Amy's going to respond now. Yeah, well, I mean, like, self-ID, I, I, I don't support self-ID, like, instantaneous, you just say you're all, I'm very against that, I think, um, at the, yeah, at the very least, I think you need to, like, put in some, some effort into the a transition, I think, every, I think, I don't think there's many, like, normal people who aren't, like, insane radical liberals that think you should just be able to say you're a woman and then you're just a woman, as it is. When it comes to, like, um, the gatekeeping thing, I don't know, I don't know, because you said before, like, everyone knows what a woman is, but then I don't define myself as a woman ever, but, like, people seem to just see me as a woman, right? Like, everyone around sees me as a woman. I never get gendered as a man. Where do I go legally? Because it's, like... I think that's where it becomes, but the, I guess the conversation we're having now, this includes like, what, like 15% of trans people that actually look like, um, I don't know the answer to that, but I definitely don't support self-ID and I've like toyed with the idea of there being some, and you could put an asterisk over someone's ID if they were a trans woman, but you don't like that either, right? You think that's like equally... Let's go back to Basil. Can I, yeah. So the thing is, is um, Amy's position is nuanced, right? Amy puts her, Amy's position puts her at odds with the broader, her broader community, right? So it's her position is not actually one that could ever be maintained by the broader left coalition. And because she presents the way she does, because she is visibly part of this community, she's allowed the leeway to have this position. Whereas if a regular just dude said the exact same thing, it would be verboten. And I acknowledge this myself too, where I say constantly that like straight white men are my favorite oppressed minority because they are unable to say things that I am allowed to get away with. And even more so if I put on a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I appreciate the nuance in what Amy is saying, but my contention is that the nuance fundamentally is moot because it could, it's, just, it's just absorbed into the larger community that she, without, without saying anything, if, I, if you don't ask her any of these questions and get her more nuanced interpretation of these questions, you, she's a member of the club. You know what I'm saying? She's a doll. I agree, I agree with that. All right, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna get Amy I'm gonna get Amy on the record on that and then I have and then I have my next question. All right, Amy, ready? Yeah, I do. I don't agree with that because like I don't think I could just have some like media career now. I've, I've said online and even someone like Blair White, for instance, who's like she's really hated. She's hated like as much as a they despise her and like I don't think I almost think it's even. It's almost worse, the stuff that they call you if you're, like, part of it. Um, I genuinely don't think I can go away with, like, I'm not cancelled. I think I'm as cancelled as you are, I would say. So, to that, I would say, I mean, I don't... Within a very short amount of time, you've been able to make a splash. I would say there's something about the capital B, capital T, base tranny, TM, that is has a market niche that 
you are existing in and that Blair White exists in. And at the end of the day, what they call Blair White, what the leftists call Blair White, doesn't really matter because it actually adds to her cachet and her ability to smuggle it all to the center-right disaffected liberals. So it's kind of the thing where it's like these, are they your haters? Are they your fans? Are they criticizing you or are they create, are they generating clout for you, which you are then able to trade off of on that? So it's like, I get what you're saying, but I still maintain that it's because of your outward interpretation. It's like basically you use wearing a hijab and saying, I'm not Muslim. You know, it's, 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 you're where you're visibly in the club in your head and when we have this conversation yeah we're able to get to the nuances of like what we're talking about but fundamentally it goes back to this like uh this meme that i made where it's like a trojan horse thing where it's like the dolls are trojan horsing you know the agps behind them it's like yeah no sure the dolls are great to have a drink with and you know whatever the real men want to do with the with the dolls is not my business if they want to make a video but it, it, it really is just running cover for more nefarious aspects of it all right, thank you both. Um, we're going to do the next question, which is my question. And we're gonna start with um, Amy. So Amy, what is the difference between a based gay and a based tranny? Because we're gonna have some debate right now because because I'm saying it out loud in the middle of New York. We may get shot. You guys can. You guys get. You guys can hear the. <laughs> so let's let. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm they them. All right. So Amy, first, what is the what is the what is the uh, what is the difference between a base tranny and a base gay guy, if there is any? Yeah. Well, I don't know if there is. It's a good question. It's like um, Basil says all this to me, but. You're very like you are gay, uh, a capital F faggot. Um, uh, yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't think there is a, as much of a. Um, I guess that being gay, for you doesn't involve any kind of like civil rights struggle. You don't have to like have that recognized by law. What I wanted to ask you though, Basil, was like, would you not class like? trans civil rights right i guess it would be like you can't get fired from your job for being trans is it not covered by like free speech like if some i feel like if someone fired someone just because they're wearing a dress is that not like against someone's freedom of expression because i i don't think someone should fire you for your views i think that would be really bad the same token i don't think someone should be able to fire me for being a tranny that's what i was gonna ask you all right, we're getting into the free speech absolutist argument. And Basil is going to respond next, babes. Okay, so remind me of that argument, because I want to get to the first part, because what's the difference between a base gay and a base tranny? And my, I agree with Amy that fundamentally there is no difference between a base gay and a base tranny, and I reject the label of being a base gay for that reason, because I've even said this to Amy myself, where... Basically, we're both we're both men, you know, she, her is all aside. We're both men who are attracted to men, right? When we were both young and coming to this realization, I feel like almost all men who, all boys who have this realization that they're attracted to men have this realization that, oh man, my life would be much easier in attracting the men that I'm attracted to if I was just a pretty girl. And I think for the vast majority of us, we realize that this is a silly pipe dream and that that is not actually possible. It's a very small majority of us 
who, you know, go full hog into that and say, you know what, I'm going to try. I'm going to slap on the wig and the dress and I'm going to try, you know? So, and it's just really a convergence of, it's a convergence of choices past a starting impetus, which is the, which is the realization that you are a man attracted to other men. So I don't, I, I don't uh, think that there is really a difference between a base gay and a base tranny. I consider, I, as much as I consider Amy a base tranny, she's a base gay, you know. As a, but I reject that in myself, where I say, listen, I'm not gay. I'm just a man. Whatever my attractions are are subjective. They're in my own head. I don't. I reject the the political categorization of being capital G gay, which goes to the same thing that we're the second part of the the thing, which was, you know. So not to be a little bit autistic about it, which is, you know, there is a the protections afforded in the Civil Rights Act for, for sexual orientation and now the push for gender identity expression actually butt up directly against First Amendment protections, not necessarily for speech, but for freedom of association. So if I, for example, want to have a club that is only men and Ruth Bader Ginsburg comes along and says, you know what, you have to let me in because the Civil Rights Act says that I do. Well, that's a violation of my First Amendment freedom of association rights, which the courts for a long time have said that this is a, a permissible because there's a legitimate public, uh, there's a legitimate public reason, and there it's narrowly tailored to the whatever. That's the legal jargon, right? And then that of that advanced to people with sexual orientations, and I would reject that. But that was a political discussion that happened when we were far too young to, to partake in it, because it really was in the early '90s, early, I'm sorry, the late '90s, early 2000s, and so I would say. Um, I don't think that firing you for wearing a dress, if I, if I hire a guy and he comes, cause the thing is, Amy is laboring under the presumption that she is in the majority of her class in that the most of the AGPs are under five, eight and they, you know, they got the, the hips masked to the waist, et cetera, et cetera. But for the vast majority, they don't. And I think that it's actually a violation of people's first amendment association rights to force them to have to contend with, some guy who's making their incel dating strategy a 24-7 aspect of their personality. All right, Amy, do you have a rebuttal or do you want to get A's next question? All right, so I'm going to let A ask the next question. Go ahead, A. All right, so it's sort of, a, I guess, a follow-up to this one, uh, to the last one, but so I guess like within the context of I don't even know at this point. So the post, 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 post left or the new right or whatever dissident left or whatever you want to call it is, is the based tranny a viable, um, yeah, like project, um, in that context, why or why not? All right, so we got to let Basil go first. We let Amy go first last time, right? So we're going to let Basil go first. Two minutes, Basil. Watch it. Right. So we'll we'll use someone like the most prominent example is Blair White, I think is the, we could agree is the most prominent example of this category in the market sector. I My contention is anyone who pretends to believe that you or I have gender identities is someone who's pledging their allegiance to the left project same and i will also extend that to people who assume that you or i have sexual identities right so the same thing where it's like i'm not a base gay okay so when someone like blair white what she'll do is she will also be against 
self-ID laws. She will also be against ugly trannies in the women's locker room. However, she relies on this distinction of uh, relying on um, gender dysphoria as a diagnosis, right? The true scum argument. Whereas, oh, these all these trans trenders are not real trannies. It's really people who have gender dysphoria. It kind of harkens back to what we were talking about earlier about gatekeeping, right? However, I always say that as long as we live in a society, not with just the Civil Rights Act, but as long as we live in a society that has the Americans with Disabilities Act, I can't grant you that um, trannyism is a manifestation of a mental disease or whatever mental illness called gender dysphoria because you get to the same end which is a mass censorship regime where you cannot censor you cannot i'm sorry you cannot express what you know to be true not through the civil rights act but through the americans with disabilities act so that's really blair i my contention is as long as you are saying that you are something other than a man you are a man with gender dysphoria therefore that makes you something else then my contention is that no you actually can't I've yet to see, maybe, who knows, maybe in this whole, like I said, Amy, I feel like has really made a splash very quickly. Who knows? Maybe in this iteration, we'll see if Amy ends up being the first of her kind. But I don't know if it's even possible because at the end of the day, it is always going to be this type of creating a third or subsequent category of people beyond just man and woman. It becomes a category of man who has gender dysphoria and therefore is able to get all the things that we would just get through self-ID. All right, I'm passing the phone to Amy. Okay. Yeah, I really don't like the term based tranny. I don't like I don't like the term based in general. I try not to use it. So I'm not gonna claim that as mine. Um I don't really believe in like gender identity either. I don't think like um I think gender identity is like a postmodern um way they've tried to conceptualize. It's just like you're like in this abstract notion, you are like a woman. I don't think that. I don't think that. I think I am, like, neurologically, if they, like, chopped our three brains up right now, they'd probably see a similar brain type. Different, I'd say different to a, a heterosexual man, um, but not the same as a woman. And I think that has, like, been proven by science over and over again. Um, there's actually no neurological ed- evidence for, like, transgender as a, as a concept at all. But there is for gay. Um, that gets me to the point of, like, what do you want the the dolls to do because like Solomay for instance prior to the doll she just says she's a boy all the time um she just says she's a guy she doesn't really like she doesn't even she doesn't talk the talking points the way I do but people in your orbit still seem to take like an issue with her as some kind of like like freak or whatever like I mean in your view yeah what are we supposed to do I guess that's what I'm saying yeah all right I want Basil to answer that, but I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit him hard. So I'm gonna hand the phone to Basil. But I want to hit Basil with a question, a follow-up question. If you could pass, a la Amy. If you, if you could look the way I'm looking at this, five six, one fifteen. Uh, <laughs> if you could look like this five six one fifteen uh woman with with titties, w- would you be more interested in in passing? So you answer Amy's question and you answer my hard question. 
I hate to disappoint, but actually, I think Q's question is actually not as hard as he thinks it is. Okay, but so for the first question is, what do you want the dolls to do, et cetera, et cetera, someone like Pariah. The issue with Pariah is not how he presents himself. Listen, if he wants to call himself he and him and wants to actually be an androgynous male model, based, Lindy, actually, that's actually very kind of cool. The issue with Pariah and the issue that you, as a, as a successor to Pariah in this kind of space, exert is that there are take sellers in this orbit, very influential take sellers who will not touch this TQ with a fucking 10 foot pole because quote the feelings of their cool trans friend. And for, listen, I was doing this back in 2021 before then the cool trans friend was very mythical after Basil, the real, they found a cool trans friend. It was, it was Salome. And it was like, Oh, please stop being mean to Salome. Salome is actually really cool. Stop. I'm like, I don't doubt that Salome is cool. But the fact of the matter is Salome serves a rhetorical function in the discourse of being the cool trans friend that they all rely on in order to avoid this question. And in, in recent weeks and months, it's kind of been Amy to a degree. So that's my point about, I don't have a, a, a Spurgian uh, fixated hit, hatred for anyone who is gender nonconforming. I don't care. I, uh, gender nonconforming males have always existed. I always think it's Lindy. I think it's cool. I think it's hot when when real men want to fuck failed men because it's like it leads to the whole like because I am uh, you know because I am a failed man myself. Um, but to get to Q's question, that's like not that difficult for me. Honestly, is uh, no, I wouldn't. I would not. I would not. Uh, trade places first of all he said if you could pass and then said like amy so i was like listen which, which is it no I'm kidding <laughs> but no because uh, for those of you who know i'm on my weight loss journey i am lifting weight in the fucking gym i enjoy my tits getting bigger but as pecs i enjoy my shoulders getting bigger i enjoy feeling like a beefy masculine man it actually feels like i'm uh, progressing out of my failed my arrested development as a failed man, you know, it's like, Oh, look at me. I'm a top now. Look at me. You know, it's like, so I, so, you know, it's fun. It's actually very funny. I'll end it with this is that for so long, my detractors would say, Oh, this all his TQ obsession is really, Oh, would, would transitioning have saved him as though it's like my political takes are some sort of a psychosexual manifestation of some sort of unaddressed, you know, tr desire to transition. It's like, no, all of that, that you're claiming about the TQ is true. My race play takes, that's my actual psychosexual fetish that's manifesting itself in my political takes. But as far as like wanting to transition, no, I want to transition to a real man and not a failed man that I currently am. All right, I'm going to let Amy uh, have a response to my question before I let A ask his next question. Because part of me, here's the cigarettes, Basil. Um, part of me is like a little bit disbelieving. And I want Amy to kind of like have her attack. I'm coming for Basil. If Basil could get hot, white, big, big cock, um, straight guys. Wait, hold on, Amy, listen, uh, to fuck him because he looks like Amy. I'm curious if he would uh, if he would really turn that down. And I want Amy to give her rebuttal before I let A give his uh, his next question. I don't I don't believe her. I don't believe her. Um, no, I think the with the tranny thing, it's like it's a set of circumstances. Like we look in like causality, determinism. Um you know, in a different set of circumstances, you know, if you were born in Iran, maybe not Afghanistan, maybe you would just be forced to be a, a, a woman. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, and it's the same with like, you know, maybe if I was in a different environment, I'd just be a gay guy like you and I'd be posting about the TQ 
all day. So I think it's like, it's based on a certain parameters. Yeah, I, you're, you're very dull coded though. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. You missed the, the boat. Um, you are very dull coded though. You are very, you are very, um, you know, always angry about everyone. Everyone hates me. It's all me. It's like, um, yeah, main character syndrome. Um, with the with the cool trans friends not being upset by the trans takes, I don't really get. I'm fine with like any trans takes. Like basically, I'm not offended by like Amy Therese, for instance, who's like kind of hard uh, anti-trans. I think the reason people have maybe like come for her a bit is because like I mean she has like personally like accused me of like just insane things, and it's kind of like I don't think it's about her take in general. I think it's just like why you like you know, this, like, I'm some kind of, like, skinwalker serial killer, you know what I mean? It's kind of a mean thing. It doesn't matter if someone's trans or not. I think this is, like, a horrible thing to say. Um... Listen, so I can't speak for a for real Amy, right? So I can't speak for a girl Amy and what how she feels about the appropriation. I Listen, I'm not going to get into all that. But I think I said earlier with this that it's like, yeah, as, as boys growing up, realizing that we are attracted to boys, we all have this fleeting realization that, gosh, the men, the real men that we are attracted to would easily, I could, I could trap them if I, was, if I was a pretty girl. But it's just a pipe dream, you know? It's just, for me, it's like living in a kind of idealized utopian world. It's just like, it's a, it's a moot point. It doesn't really, if I could glamour, you know, right-wing bodybuilders posting Physique Friday and to just, you know, when they see me, it was like, maybe, sure, but I also, I don't have any, like, I like all of, I like my, I like myself and my body, and like, I don't, you know, for, you know, the weight aside, all the rest of it, listen, I get a, I get a kick out of it, okay, <laughs> so, but, and it also goes to the thing where it's like, you don't have to be personally offended, I'm sure you're not personally offended by actual takes on the TQ, and I, and I, I feel like for the most part, I, I keep it on the political, I don't, I'm very civil, you know. The the thing is, like I was saying earlier, it's it's the actual influential take sellers who are engaging in the media market who cite their cool trans friends' feelings, whether it's valid or whether it's correct or not, in order to never touch us. Be like, oh, listen, I have lots of you know cool trans friends. I don't really want to upset them. Da 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 da. Regardless of whether, because like, listen, I'll be in the same group chats with them, and we're all fucking making fun of the trannies in the group chats, but. It's just it's it, it's it's a it's a rhetorical device. It's it's the rhetorical role that the quote the capital B capital T based training plays. Okay, a, it's your question. Um, I don't. I mean, did did we have more questions? I don't recall. But yeah, I mean, I could I have some some uh, follow ups. I guess I could ask. All right, I have one more question. Um, okay, actually, you're right, A. We've moved through all our questions. Um, do we have listeners? Oh, A wants, uh, Amy, not A, wants to ask some questions of Basil. So, Basil, so you're kind of, um, you, like, are, like, pro- being mean to the trannies, right? Being mean, like you and that detransitioner guy. Yeah, yeah, you're very, but my take is like you being mean to the trannies because like this, this, this I mean the trans trend, it's, it's all about an oppression complex. And if you're mean, the more mean you are to them, it makes them 
retreat further into their identity and make them want to be vocally trans more and then attract more people to be in it. So it's actually a feedback loop in where you being so horrible in that way, you you, you can't be mean, you, you know, you mean, yeah. It, it makes them kind of, and I'm guilty of this as well, like calling them gender goblins and stuff. It makes them more, affirms their identity of like, I've got a struggle. So like, if you really wanted to like diffuse the, the tranny social explosion, which I think would solve a lot of the issues you have anyway, it'd probably be better to just like, I don't know, find a different way to rhetorically engage in it. So, um, I don't know. I take a little bit of issue with me being mean. I mean, I, if you compare me to other people, I'm not that mean. But I will, okay, okay even if I grant you, I'm, I'm a little bit abrasive. I do have a tongue. I do like to have a little fun on the timeline, right? The thing is, to call yourself a tranny, to put on the wig and pretend 24-7 is a big step, okay? I'm not here to save souls, okay? I'm not here to be like, hey, listen, girl, put on, take off the wig, girl. You gotta get those implants out. You gotta get off the HRT. That's all I'm here to do. If there are other people who want to do that, that's good for them. My whole thing has always been, I'm trying to present this very discreet political litmus test, one and first and foremost, uh, of the TQ, and then this broader connection to the larger left critique to take sellers, to people who are influencing the media take-selling market, who from their group chats shit out their little tweets and it gets picked up by the American conservative or, you know, uh, or Vanity Fair or whatever. That's who I'm trying to get at. I'm not really trying to convert people who are already deep within what I would see as a cult, really. And it's like, I... You'll what you'll see a lot of the times. I don't argue with people on the timeline. I'll quote tweet them to point out how retarded I think they are for my audience, so that you can see like, hey, look, this is the, an argument that they're trying to t use. Here is a rhetorical tool that you can use to neutralize that. Oh, it's a street party. Oh, it's a street party. Hold on, intermission, intermission. Oh, they're like posted up right in front of us. Hold on. Intermission, just a short intermission. Come back. Come back. Okay. Oh, intermission continuing. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. So the whole point is that I, I, my, I don't see my role here as to pull people out of the trans cult. You know. Uh, and I'm when you see when you see anyone on the timeline, listen. When you see someone like Anna Kay jump into the timeline to say, "Yeah, block the transitioners," or "Yeah, do this, do that," listen. All these take sellers are on the timeline just as much as you or I or anyone else is. They just spend their time in the group chat. So when I say, "Huh, why is this person jumping out of the group chat to interact in the timeline in this way on this question?" That is what I'm getting at. It's not about converting people who I, like I said, I see that are in a, who I would put as in a cult. Okay, so do you want to do a little response? Okay, Amy has a response. Then we'll open it up to questions. Yeah, well, I guess when you talk about like Anna Kachian, like from like everything I've heard her say on like Red Scare, She's read, like, the Blanchard literature. She's read um, The Man Who Would Be Queen. I feel like she just kind of has the same position that, like, I have on the... I don't think it's, like, it's, like, a... Because she doesn't want to offend. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like it's just come through just re... I think the mo most people, generally, I think most people do understand, okay, there are, like, 
the real trannies and then there are the freaks. I think most people just see that, the, a normal person. So I think what Anna is just echoing there is just like a regular, yeah. Yeah, no, my contention isn't that someone like Anna Kay or any other t actual take seller out there actually is avoiding the TQ bec because of yours or any other of their quote-unquote cool trans friends feelings that is ostensibly what they will vocally say but truly what my contention is is that it's maintaining a connection to the broader liberal controlled media market and it is about signaling something to them and that i won't touch this third rail whereas if they want to if you're a take seller who does want to touch this third rail there's gonna be a different third rail that you don't touch or like i we mentioned earlier with the daily wire thing so it's just when you're coming up in uh, specifically this new york city kind of art fact scene, what you do to signal that you're not going to touch certain third rails is you say, you know, oh, I'm so cosmopolitan with my cool trans friend. You, you know, she's actually very based, actually. You know, she knows that the, the Huns are, are, are you know, clocky and bricky and all the other words that I don't, you know, that I actually don't know. <laughs> but my contention is it's actually not about your feelings. It's just about being able to use you rhetorically in order to not touch this discursive topic. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess. I, I, I think it's less that, and I do think it's just more people do just fall down on this. This kind of like I think the the sense of, I think most people just fall down to like a kind of sensible middle ground between like full on turfism and full on trans. I think there is a sensible ground, like, and I even think like some of the mainstream stuff, like J.K. Rowling and stuff. From she has just kind of said normal, um, and, and like uh, well, like Katie Herzog or someone like that. I think they they are very reasonable on this issue. Um, I think that's just where people fall because I think it's like the correct position. I guess it's like, yeah. and 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 listen, I will tell you, despite what you may have heard, Basil is a centrist. Basil is a moderate. Basil is a realist. I'm not here telling you that you got to take the wig off. I'm not here telling you that you got to start masking it up. I'm just here telling you that we should oppose incorporating gender identity and expression into the Civil Rights Act. I'm just telling you that we should oppose co conflating gender and sex in the law. I feel like the argument that you're making is much more true about homosexuals. So in a lot of you know dissident right-wing spaces, right, they make the mistake of conflating for lack of a better term, the base trannies and the base gays. And I would agree with you that on the base gays question, that question is settled. I really, it's really, really hard. I Trust me, if I could snap my fingers tomorrow and make everyone realize that we don't have sexual identities just the way that we don't have gender identities, I would. But I really do think that after 20 years of like gay gene propaganda and, you know, all this stuff, maybe we can overturn Obergefell, who knows. But I don't really think that socially, culturally, that's where it is. I think the TQ is much, much, much more in contention and that my position is genuinely a very moderate position that reflects the most um, real, the most tangible aspects of someone, say, like a J.K. Rowling. Someone like a Katie Herzog I push back against because someone like a Katie Herzog or an Andrew Sullivan really stakes their claim on like, oh, no trans in kids, that's bad. However, my adult trans friends do deserve legal protections based on their gender identity and expression. So that that is actually not a central, that's actually like incredibly radical. You know, it's like, that's my contention. All right, I want to open the, is anyone, uh, I'm going to like just request some people who are in our chat um, who I know. Maybe get, maybe get like a, someone, yeah. Uh, in 
enthusiastic about the, the dolls. Yeah, who just like the, the, is there any dolls in the group chat? Yeah, are there any dolls in the group chat who want to go ahead and uh, speak? I'm going to ask a bunch of people who I know. And just go ahead and uh, if you accept the request, uh, I'll let you ask a question. If you don't want to accept the request, no worries. Um, but we'd love to get some listener yeah, and if you see any dolls, Amy, let me know. I'll, I'll get them in here. Lots of homies on my end on this. <laughs> get more of your people. Yeah, and I'll, ju- I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with another question if no one else has one. I'm trying to get all our... We've all got our- a couple of requests. All right, let them, let them in, eh? All right, we're going to go with Joe first. He's the first. Joe, what's your question? Oh, I didn't really have one. Um, uh, this is all very fun um, and, you know, good to see that you guys get on. Um, but I think I think the broader question is um, how much of this is just all, you know, dressing around the fact that um, it's, it's ultimately a question of people have their own psychosexual pathologies as they relate to um, trans people. Some people are, you know, overtly horny for them and some people are, you know, uh, more more closeted about it. And that does that, in your opinion, sort of set the groundwork for the people who are for and against, um, you know, trans people in general and civil rights and everything else that's downstream from that. Is that just not a reflection of um, how people relate to, to, you know, the notion of someone gender bending as a, as a, you know, point of sexual attraction. So what the question is, like, is it like a kind of, was the whole thing like a psychosexual, like people who like are transphobic just like like the dolls? Is that is that what you mean? I don't think that most people give a shit about civil rights legislation and all the rest of it. I think that's all, who honestly gives well, a Well, I don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I kind of pressure like that I have to but I, I really don't care. I don't care. I also just don't care about, like, um, you know, when people talk about, like, the gender recognition certificates and stuff, I don't really give a shit about that. It's, like, not really something that... But I feel like I'm supposed to take a moral position on it. I feel like I have to because I'm, like, you know, it's... Like, you job. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of dolls behind me who get, like, you know, when I say something that's a bit... When I even when I've come out against like saying kids to transition, they've got really mad at me and got me to like delete tweets and stuff. So I've been a bit of a, so it's like you know, I am like at the I'm like at the behest of like other people. Even though I don't see the issue of waiting until eighteen to transition really, but apparently it's like you say you take a position on that and then someone's like it's genocide either way, right? It's like it's mutilating kids, but then the trannies are like, oh no, they're all gonna kill themselves if you don't do it. So what the fuck can you say? It's like, I don't actually, like, care about the issue enough to have a position. Do you want to I think even that? if there was, even if there was, you know, sensible um, civil rights uh, legislation and, you know, um, trans people weren't a protected category and, you know, you could have free speech that's, that's legally enshrined at the same time, the, 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 the main oppressive thing is the fact that we live under this, you know, HR panopticon where anything we say if it goes against the cultural currents it doesn't matter if it's protected legally you'll still face professional personal you know cultural consequences um and you know 
doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And I think that's just an extension of what I talk about because, like, like I said, I don't really care about many of the downstream aspects of any of this. My thing is very much focused on the legal, all of that stuff. And when I talk about the political take selling critique, it's very much the same thing that you're mentioning where it's like, you know, you can't say certain things because you aspire to certain professional circles and you know what's verboten, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I just, uh, what I think what Amy is describing is literally a distillation of what the broader left is. I always call the left an insane asylum because that's exactly what they do. When you step out of line, there's always someone who's going to be there to administer accountability to make sure that you are held accountable. And I, I liken Amy to base, visibly being a member of her community as if though she's wearing a hijab because it's like, so therefore she has this expectation placed upon her to have these correct takes. And it's like, to be a tranny is to be a leftist, basically. So that all these other trannies are going to try to like exact accountability from her. Are there any other questions? Um, I've given a lot of people speaking abilities. Anyone want to unmute and ask a question? We got geo titties accepted. Hi. Hi, you have a question? I wanted to say hi to some work, so I just assume I haven't really been listening, but if I think of one, I will choose back. I will, I will come back on. All right, no worries. Any other questions from the crowd? I've got a few here, if, if no one here, let me see. All right, go ahead and ask them. All right, we've got Gracie Lou Freebush in the house. You have a question? I do actually. Um, for Basil, more more so. Uh, first of all, your uh, race play take is is absolutely correct. But um, my question is like, do you think that your your religious um, views, especially as a Muslim, kind of are coloring your take as far as uh, gay men go and being a failed man, as you put it. 100,000, oh, yeah, 100,000%. Because I, fundamentally, I view the issue as, you know, you could call it advanced, you know, you call it late stage capitalism, you could call it neoliberalism, you could call it all you want. But what it really is, is, um, is really just liberalism itself. And, um, yeah, so basically, uh, you know, as a Muslim, I, uh, I have a much more direct referent for illiberalism as such. So I have an easier time rejecting these types of liberal modern conceptions like homosexual, homosexual applying to people or the label of gay applying to people, whereas, like, it's a much more illiberal, uh, Lindy type of thing to not have these conceptions. So, yeah, I do think that my my view of the world... So, like, many people after COVID are now, you know, realize, like, the left is gay, liberalism is cringe, et cetera, et cetera. However, they don't have, like, a direct reference to illiberalism because, for example, their parents were born here and were liberals or their grandmother was burning a bra. I don't have that. My parents came here 40 years ago and I very much have a connection to, like, the old world, the old culture, and have a direct connection to, like, uh, an ethical system that's not based in any type of liberal 
uh, hierarchy and morals that's like really based in like an illiberal God at the center, one exacting truth type of thing. So yeah, it does 100% you color my um, my perception. Yeah, I don't think that was for me that question. Um, yeah. All right, I can bring another speaker in here. Uh, All right, we've got Harvey Dent. Do you have a question for us, Harvey? Oh, I do. I'm surprised you accepted my request. Hi, Basil. Long time no see. <laughs> I had a question for Basil. Hello, Harvey. Um, how much of your current perspective is driven out of resentment from having been excluded from the Perfume Fag podcasters? Um, I would say maybe like 30% of it. I feel like I more have a chip on my shoulder for how I was treated as opposed to my exclusion. I think uh, lots of people can be excluded. I think um, the type of the type of campaign openly and privately that I was subjected to is one that would lead any normal person to have sour feelings towards a bunch of take-selling faggots. Sure. <laughs> can I make a remark on that? I feel like you're going to anyway. <laughs> You're much well. You're much better spoken than you are. Your attitude here is starkly different than how you come across on Twitter. So I had actually a follow-up question for that. How much importance do you place on Twitter and social popularity in an online space? Do you think that propels you as well? Actually, that'd be a good question for both of you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually a really good question for both of us. So I'll go first, and I'll re repeat the question for Amy. Yeah. So for me, the question was uh, how important, he says that I'm much more, um, I, got, I come across better in this medium than I do on Twitter and how important is Twitter and that kind of um, verbal, you know, medium, how important is that for advancing what we have to say as, and I guess our social clout as well. Um, yeah, so I came onto Twitter with a very specific thing to say. Um, Twitter is naturally limited by its character count. So you kind of really do have to make a choice and far, as far as will you be direct or will you be affable? And I'm sorry, to be affable does naturally require more verbiage, more throat clearing, more fluff. And I chose in order to have my take be front and center to be direct and to be quote unquote autistic about it and to not play hide the ball and to also remain depersonalized to an extent. So that way my fat, ugly autism or whatever that can be easily levied against me does not distract from the point that I was trying to make. So that's how I would see it. Um, that's actually why I chose to do this debate in this style because I know and people who know me know that I'm actually not as antisocial and autistic and that Twitter is not real life and the timeline is not real life or the sum total of who I am. So that's why I like to do podcasts and do this type of thing where that kind of comes across. And then I'll pass it over to Amy and she can answer the same type of question. So it's about how you come across online. Well, yeah, I also think I people say I come across as like, you know, terminally online, kind of terminally, which I don't really feel like I am. Um, people always yeah say the same things they level at you they level at me especially at the libs and it's annoying when it's like the, the gender goblins that I interact with more than way more than you do they are always like you need to touch grass or whatever you know mummy milker Naomi like told me to touch grass in that debate and I was like it's so frustrating from the people who actually are social recluses and don't ever do anything I know it's <laughs> 
I was born in this country. I did not get here in the 2000s. Um, I never had a green card. So that's all I got to say about that. But like what I'm saying is like we're actually all like social people. I just have an I have an intellectually curious mind. So I do just like I'm obsessed with the Twitter discourse because I find it interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think that's a really gaslighty. I do agree with you when it's like the people that log off, do this or whatever. Oh, I didn't intend to gaslight anybody. I apologize. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like gaslighting. And it's like, yeah, and they, you know, they're cute, like, because I know all the lingo of all like the, I know all like the 4chan lingo and stuff, like, because it's all bled into the discourse, and I know it really, and it's like, you know, like, I'm just interested in being, like, a, like a kind of semi-artsy cultural theorist on this kind of stuff. And, like, I want to know everything. And I want to be involved in the discourse. And it's, like, just because you tweet all the time, it doesn't mean you can't go out. That's what another thing is, like, I'm, like, tweeting in the bathroom when, I've, when I'm out for a drink. It's just, like, funny. It's, like, it really does annoy me when people tell you to walk off there. Yeah, we're literally out right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, for sure. And I appreciate everybody's answers. I have one final question before I permanently mute myself, but that's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, we're ready. This actually applies to the podcasters as well as Amy. Um, I'm familiar more or less with what Basil thinks of it. What do you think the post-left is and why are you here? What do you think the post-left is and why are you here? I'll give it to Basil first. So I'd say uh, the post-left is dead. The post-left doesn't exist. Um, the post left. I argue it never started and it never existed in the first place. Just a note. Well, the thing is, the post left was always an exonym. It was always uh, an insult levied against a constellation of media actors. Right? It was it was used by people like the Carl Bazers of the world, those types of people, against this constellation of media actors who you so lovingly brought up earlier, including also the Fed Post, Rare Candy, all these other constellation of media actors who I would say uh, saw past the left for its mystification uh, operations in regards to say COVID or Trump in general or the BLM riots, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason why I came onto the Twitter first in the first place was to tell this constellation of media actors who I was listening to at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, who were being called the post left and say, Hey, listen, you have this huge blind spot. This is actually maybe very useful to you to use the TQ as a litmus test, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it was then that I realized like, Oh, what is the take market? Why is it that, what, how do these group chats function as social market machination machines? You know, how do these work in terms of how they engage in the discourse? So I would say the post left is something that um, did exist. I, it did, I would disagree with you. I would say that it did exist for a time from 2019 until the Rittenhouse trial as this constellation of media actors of disaffected liberals who were very open to the idea of making inroads between left and right populists. That does not exist anymore because the uh, market the market imperatives and the social market imperatives outweighed any type of idealized um, political project that may have manifested, manifested from it. And then I'll pass it to Amy. Yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, they, the post-left is kind of like, it's kind of like a smear, really, and it's like meant to be like Red Scare, Amy Therese. But I think it includes like more people than just that. I think like the Grey Zone are like part of the post left. There's a there's a huge fraction of like people who are on the left that actually had a brain, that actually like thought about stuff, realized that like, this version of like what the left had become was not real, 
and then all of a sudden felt like a kind of affinity to like right-wing populism like the Tucker Carlson kind of stuff um and I guess yeah I think that's 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 how I would just define it you couldn't really put it better than what you said but it's like it's weird because it's like we're clearly not I've got like normie conservative followers or like normie like turfs that come at me and like the people that follow me aren't like normie right they're like artsy kind of weird yeah like it's it's not it's not like a normal Republican that like likes what either of us say, I would say. Yeah, I call uh, types of Republicans GOP left. Yeah, exactly. It's like they get really confused when I'm like posting about like Donald Trump being gay or whatever. Like they just don't understand what what it what it means. Yeah. So I guess like the post left is like the intellectual online dissident move. I don't know. Um, yeah, I actually kind of have a response to that question, I guess. Um, similar to what Basil said, and this is a, a sort of pool house pilled here, shout out pool house, but like, yeah, kind of don't like having the label attached to it, but I can answer your question more just in terms of like what, like why I'm on Twitter or whatever, why I'm like doing a podcast in the mix with this stuff is just is um you know i mean really it, it, it for me it started with covid and you know i i thought the government does not have the right to lock people in their homes force them to get vaccines put a mask on your face up where you go and then you take a, a, a step back from that and you say you know, oh, the government is actually just an electoral politics and all this shit. It's a psyop that's designed to get you to be invested in the system um, to support all this shit. And, you know, um, it, it's mixed up with, as Basil said, you know, these sort of actual center tech, pharma, defense, uh, uh, what's the finance, and, uh, and the trans thing is only relevant insofar as it's mixed up with all that other stuff, which it, it just obviously is, you know, at this point, I mean, on, on so many levels, but, um, just even Ukraine as one example, you know, you have, oh, Putin hates gay people, Putin hates trans people. We have to, we have to keep Ukraine safe for the, for trans people, keep the LGBT book, LGBT book clubs open and stuff. Um, they did the same shit with Afghanistan, like it, it, pharma and the getting vaccines for everyone. Okay, well now you can get uh, lifetime customers for your hormones and for your surgeries and blah 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 on and on and on so for me i guess that that's how i would answer the question. yeah because you know what a you know what it's all one thing strongly agree cool thank you all right so uh Let's see. Still have some more requests here. Um, how about two minutes? At Hengrist Maximum. Do you have a question for us? 
All right. Well, we can choose someone else if there's no question. I've got one more. Add a Luddite. Hey, yeah. So my question is for Amy. Um, I was just wondering, like, do you consider a world, and this might sound like a loaded question, um, but like, do you consider a world where like more and more people younger and younger are walking around with like fake tits, fake dicks, fake, you know, lips, like, like this more like transhumanist society. Do you consider that a world to aspire to, you know, a world where like low, uh, low IQ was saying like a world where people are slaves to, you know, surgery, injections, pharmaceuticals. Um, no, um, yeah, uh, what do you consider? Yeah, no, no, ab ab yeah, absolutely not. Like, I've, like, been, like, vocally, I always say that, like, the kind of future that the trans activists want is kind of, like, the nice Nick land, basically, like, everyone is just, like, a kind of cyborg, trans post-human, you know, this is why I'm against stuff like womb transplants and kind of, like, um, but I do get the kind of, like, my existence as a kind of, like, is, like, a... Uh, it's okay, oh, thank, okay. You. thank you. Um, yeah, my existence as a doll, I know, is like an advert for like, oh, what you could be or whatever. You I do. Get high or no? No, we're okay. okay. We're good. No. Don't worry, I used to be white, so don't look at me. Like <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're with good. the transracialism. We love it. Yeah, oh, thank you. oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm not even particularly, like, fond of the idea of, like, sex change surgeries. I think that's, like, um, obviously I know some people get it, but, like, again, I don't think it's something we need to encourage. Sorry to those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something I, I defended I, Dylan Mulvaney on was, like, you know, the normalize the bulge thing. Oh, like, the my right -wing, God. The right, yeah, this is a point you can come for me for this, but the right-wing media all came for Dylan, like, oh, it's disgusting, but it's, like, What's the alternative? You're gonna encourage this person to get a fucking sex change, right, and like, right. so it's like, just let them fucking let. Uh, you think that's a man? Let them fucking wear little shorts. It's not like sexual. It's just yeah. That was kind of. So uh, anyone who's a real basil hut out there will immediately like come to mind that. I hate to say, like, it's 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 like you you acknowledge it yourself. It's a critique to excess is reified the premises situation because it's like, how do you draw that line? How do you say who passes? How do you say well, you know? So. Um, I don't know as much as I appreciate the nuance that Amy's trying to like, cause we're all just like people trying to like live our lives. Right. I, as much as I appreciate that nuance, nuance that you're trying to like live with, it's hard to square the circle in a way that has any type of definite line. Cause you've kind of just obliterated the lines that are trying to, you know, demarcate them as you go. And it just kind of always ends up in this subjective thing where I just say, you know what? I understand that there are always been and always will be effeminate men who don't are unable to live up to the societal expectations for men, et cetera, et cetera. There are always going to be cross dressers. There's always going to be the truck stop tranny, et cetera, et cetera. And those people have their place in society. And I, my opinion is that that place is in the shadows, in the margins, in the clubs, in the truck stops, in the whatever, not as your barrister or not as your MP or not as whatever. Um, so that's, I guess that's where we come out, the two of us come to that. Thank you, guys. Um, I don't know, A, A is seeing more of the questions than I have, but it sounds like someone was ready to ask a question. Go ahead. Uh, this is for Amy. 
how do you kind of see a way forward for people like you, like passing trans people who, you know, aren't into trans and kids and like Ricky AGPs? What do you see as like the social, social, cultural way forward for yourself and people who are kind of like you? Um, yeah. So- All right. So let me pass that to Amy and let me repeat that for Basil and Amy so they can hear. What is the way forward for people exactly like Amy who are passing and they are who they are? Sorry, everyone. Yeah, and have this nuance. Sorry, everyone heard the cocaine deal a minute ago. We are on the streets of downtown Manhattan, but we're, we're moving through it. We did not buy the cocaine. Um, I'm passing it over to Amy. Okay, so my, 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 I'm not really into this idea of the struggle TM, but one thing I really do think is, is like the porn industry and like the sexualization of women and transsexuals is like, is like a, a really prominent thing. And I think this like sexualized culture we live in, I mean, men only know of transsexuals through porn mainly. So it's a lot, a lot, they do treat us like complete shit. Like they completely like dehumanize. Um, so like, I'm very in favor of like the dismantling of the sex industry. I think it should be like destroyed basically. But I think with the left, uh, you've got this idea of like, you know, sex workers work. And it's like, they try and frame it like they're not saying it's empowering. But they really do think it. They want people to be sex. They they put it in their bio. It's like their little badge of honor. Little, and I know dolls that do sex work but don't make it woke. I guess that's fine. But it's when you try and make sex work woke that is like the most disgusting thing. So like, I'm very against um, porn. What was the other part of the question? What do you, what's the way forward for people? Like what's you? the way yeah, forward? the way forward. I guess it's just dismantling the sex industry. Um, just like, if you end the porn culture generally, like it, you will see less AGPs for certain I think that was like a probably a big I think there'd just be less trans people and there'd just be like it'd be more normal to just like a guy could have a girlfriend that's a tranny and I think that would be like not that weird and it's like uh, yeah I'm done yeah so I'll, I'm gonna let Basil follow up but yeah I want to add that like go ahead go ahead it was like yeah I think we should like expand free speech and not like just hate someone for having a different view I've been like so this is why I'm here now with you and I'm like, I'm always speaking to like TERFs. I think it's like much better to just engage. A lot of, a lot of TERFs aren't actually like hateful. Some of them are genuinely like bitterly. Yeah, some of them are bit, but some of them are just like, no, I'm a bit like concerned about the concept of woman and I'm a feminist. And it's like, if you just say you're, yeah. And like, they're reasonable people to talk to. And I always want to, um, so I think you should expand like um, acceptable speech. But I think it's like really good for you to be here and me to be here and have different views and I guess that's why I liked like Red Scare and for instance like that expanded what was acceptable to say as kind of like a like an art hoe right you say you can you didn't just have to be a lib anymore because there's this whole they stretch the discourse even though I don't agree with everything they say all the time they've made it and that's why I like what you say as well because you stretch the discourse out which we should all be doing uh, can I just jump in real quick and say, like, I think what's interesting about, you know, Basil and Amy speaking here today is a few things. One, I think that people like Amy are, are to be perfectly honest, never going to have a problem. They, they pass. Um, I've been out with Amy many times now. <laughs> no one's ever going to ask, you know, no one's ever going to say anything to Amy. Uh, and so... You know, she's always going to be safe from what I think of as, like, this 
discrimination against, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, she's not an AGP. She looks like a woman. She's always going to pass. So to me, the way forward is kind of understanding the nuance of there are some people, and maybe this is, you know, I'm maybe I'm going to get like totally piled on for saying this, but there are people like Amy who are always going to pass and they're always going to be fine. And there always have been those people. Um, and that's the distinction I personally make on the podcast and on my Twitter feed between Amy and uh, other trans people. And maybe Basil has a more nuanced opinion than that, but that's my, that's kind of my take on that. I mean, my take is that I think this will be a white pill for Amy and a black pill for any Basil enjoyers in the room is that fundamentally, like you said, Amy's going to be fine. And if the discourse keeps going at the pace that it's going at, and we aren't talking about Bostock, the Supreme Court decision, and we aren't talking about the Civil Rights Act in before 2024 or before 2028 or 23 to the latest, um, it's kind of a done deal and Amy will get to live her life and will very likely, I mean, statistically speaking, if she makes it to 40, I mean, who knows? Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah, that's it. Well, we were closer, but, but the thing is, you know, when Amy is in her ripe old age of 40 for a tranny, <laughs> um, she will likely have at this rate um, constitutional protections and she will, you know, so I think that the way forward for Amy is um, it's looking bright. It's not looking so bright for people who, I mean, I feel like I'll, I'll, I'm trying my best out there. I'm trying to get these take sellers to see what it is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like Q said, these people will always exist. And to the extent that they pass, they will always be able to pass. You know, that's the whole premise of it. Um, it's just the question of whether, uh, gender identity expression will be continued to be protected in the Civil Rights Act pursuant to Bostock. And that's what I think is like the really at the crux at the, of the issue. And it's like, once you get that out of the way, once you really get out of the way that you understand, like we all here agree, people don't have gender identities, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Men can't be women, all of that stuff. Then you can at least have the conversation about the nuances. Oh, what do we do with like people who genuinely just want to like dress this way in a cosmopolitan city like New York City, et cetera, et cetera? Like where it's like degeneracy. You're, like I said, it's like I'm not selling you return. We're not going to go back to the 1950s. We're not putting you know Amy back in the closet as much as uh, Dark Maga or anyone else will try to tell you that we will. We won't. You got to live in reality. So that's what I think is the way forward. Is just kind of. Uh, hedging our expectations and kind of focusing on the political battles that can be won instead of like result re, re, falling back into like utopian idealism on, on either side, whether it's utopian idealism and that we're going to trans everybody and everyone will be this amorphous blob or uh, utopian idealism in that we will eradicate any kind of gender nonconformity and the sodomites will be reformed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are there any other questions? Um, I don't see any on my end. Okay, any? so I think I'll sum it up. Uh, if, if you have a question, please. Oh, Gracie L., do you want to speak? Sure, yeah. Um, something I think that both Amy and Basil agree on that I had kind of question about was um, the idea of uh, banning surrogacy, um, especially for, I guess, uh, gay couples, and I just wanted them to, to ask them about that, kind of, because I'm, I don't really see much difference between surrogacy and adoption. Um, I've adopted myself, and it's just, 
I don't know, kind of came across as odd to me. Um, correct me if I'm wrong about either of your views on that. Yeah, I'll let both of them speak on that. I mean, I'm very publicly against commercial surrogacy as a gay man. Um, I do, like, very publicly on the TL constantly talk about how I think that, uh, you know, uh, children need their mothers. Um, I think that anyone who's witnessed... Um, a woman have a child, um, as I have done many times. I'm very fortunate to have many beautiful, <laughs> amazing mothers in my life. Um, you witness that and you see it and you understand that they're physically connected to their children um, in a way that's psycho-spiritual and uh, kind of beyond anything that uh, you can replicate in any other way. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my stance on it. I'm not going to speak for A, of course, but I talk about that a lot on Thoughts and Prayers. Um, that doesn't mean I don't think that there's any room for couples who are not, you know, heterosexual to adopt kids, but I'm, I'm adamantly pro, uh, against, uh, commercial surrogacy. I'll let both Amy and Basil talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you generally. I, I don't know about like a ban. I don't know like how. But obviously, it's like it's a very nefarious, bourgeois, exploitative nature to the whole thing. So I guess like. Um, so I think I kind of ag softly agree with you. It's not really something I'm like given like a huge. Um, but that's like. Um, but like adoption, like fine. I, th I think adoption is. Is important. I think the the biological purpose of gays is to uh, yeah. People, this is my thing. Is like, I think that the reason gayness exists is because they're supposed to provide care figures for the children of the dead. That's my kind of. Um, you won't agree with that, but like oh, no. no. But like that's my kind of. But I do. Yeah, maybe the maybe the dolls and the gays are different in some ways though, because I don't feel like I don't relate to the kind of like gay that you guys like talk about where it's just like, you know, you like, you were talking about all like so much like sex or whatever. Like, I feel like a lot of the dolls are actually like quite trad by nature. Like they really just like, I see it all the time. Them saying like, they don't want to like just get fucked all the time. They just want to have one man and then just, just be that forever. So maybe that is like a distinction, but I don't know. See, the thing is about that is I would say that that's actually more subversive. I would say that the proper role for failed men, and it goes back to what Amy was saying earlier about porn, porn, like the pornified image of the failed man, cross-dresser, etc. I think that is actually the natural role of such an individual is to kind of be that sexual outlet for actual men. And I would take the more, I take the more um, illiberal position, whereas I'm wholeheartedly against uh, gay adoption, gay surrogacy. I don't think it's worth the risk for... Uh, homosexuals to ape normal family structures. I think it's actually quite subversive. I think it's just normal for homosexuals to opt out of that. Um, of course, there are there is a certain role. There are, you know, I don't want to get into like, uh, what's it called, evolutionary biology and like, oh, these people exist as like some sort of like additional or superfluous or auxiliary caretaker or whatever. I just think that is a form of like legalized formal adoption. I think it just doesn't run, it's not worth the risk Um to allow these people to, for their own uh, psychological gratification, to ape pro-social family structures. But that's just like my, this is, that would not have been a controversial take 20 years ago. I'm just, I'll just to say. But some kids just don't have 
Yeah, I was I was gonna chime in. Like, you know, there's actually a documentary right now on Netflix about a child that was separated from their parents. Uh, I think it's called something like I'm not gonna remember. I'm sorry, guys. I'm retarded. But basically, you know, a child that was separated from their parents uh, in a really kind of uh, brutal and immoral way. Um, and as someone who I'm, I'm gonna be very vague here. I don't want to dox myself, but as someone who's been involved in the foster care industry, there's a lot of abuse and a lot of corruption in that. I don't agree with Basil wholeheartedly. I think that like there is a place for, you know, potentially same sex couples or LGBT couples to. Basil says he doesn't think some single people should adopt either, to be fair. But I, I think there is a place for that. I also feel like, you know, personally, like I have been, you know, uh, both literal uncle and a <laughs> figurative uncle to many <laughs> to many of my friends kids and I think that that is a place that gay people can can occupy but Basil like you said wasn't gonna really um speak to that so I don't know mixed opinions on that on this front Amy do you want to okay go ahead Amy. you say it's for the like psychological gratification oh, sorry one um when you say yeah you said it's like a psychological gratification it's when, like, straight couple have a baby is also a psychological... It's, like, just them feel like they fulfilled... So it's all kind of narcissistic. Yeah, normal to the standard of... Yeah, I guess, like... In a normative sense. Yeah. Um, I was going to, like, talk about, like, the Marxist thing. You're, like... Would you, would you say you're a Marxist? Because um, if you do... Because it's, like... What I don't get about, like, Benedict Cryptofash is, like, anti-left Marx... Like, Engels was, like, about, like, dismantling the nuclear family. Like, the father figure is a reproductive... It's supposed to, like, a assimilate you into the idea you should take orders from this person. And, like, so, like, I feel like Marxism isn't conservative. It can't be conservative. I don't know what it's... So, I don't, cons I don't call myself a Marx... I call myself an anti-left Marxist in that kind of Benedict Crypto-Fash type of tradition. Um, but I think there's a difference between... Angles describing the natural path of liberalism, of capitalism, in disintegrating those types of patriarchal pre-capitalist bonds, like the family structure, and advocating for that as such. So I think it's 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 a correct interpretation of liberalism in that, as it moves to monopoly capitalism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, just kind of dis disintegrates these family bonds. It's why it's like having your parent, having your children denounce their parents, having the child go on OnlyFans, and you know all these types of things. It's like. I don't think that, I think it's a mistake to conflate the description of what he, the prediction of the trajectory of capital with one that says this is good, you know? It's just kind of a um, a value neutral prediction is how I would think of it. I hope that came through because of the pop-up came up. Yeah, I think I agree with you on terms of like, I like, I subscribe to the critiques that Marx and Engels make, but I don't really want to like uh, go towards the, the your theological marxist like oh we have to do this i think that like the like gender roles and the nuclear family have been like very good for like historical and dialectical development i don't think because like marxists are always like you need to abolish gender now that's the whole like thing we need to have no abolish race abolish gender like all these structures i don't really yeah so i'm not like but I, I would say that the people who call themselves marxists who call that are just libs in marx space that are actually the most 
uh, fervent foot soldiers for liberalism. They're the ones actually doing the work of sweeping away these pre-capitalist patriarchal bonds that when they say abolish a family or abolish race or whatever, they're actually, it's all, it's a rhetorical ploy because they're not abolishing race. They're inverting race. They're making, you know, the disabled, they're making the disabled black trans bussy seller in a wheelchair their godhead. It's not an abolishing of race or gender roles. It's just an inversion of it. So I think that's, that's the difference. But I'll give it back to Kia. Um, are there other questions? We we have a lot of people we've uh, kind of made speakers. I've got another request here, Q. Maybe okay, we'll go ahead. Do one more. Yeah, we're happy to do as many as people want. All right. I'm trying uh, to invite people to speak to who I know were interested. But go ahead, A. All right, I'm gonna bring in uh, real big doofus. Great. All right, you're on. Do you have a question? Or? Yeah, sorry, my mic was off. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay, so I apologize if, if I missed this. I tuned in earlier, and then I sat down to eat dinner with my dad. Um, but my question is sort of mainly directed to Amy as far as when I tuned out, you were sort of still talking about the self-ID and sort of the idea that there could be some kind of test for, um, for like being able to change your sex marker on your ID, stuff, stuff like that, and saying uh, you don't go full, full all the way to self-ID, but you sort of vaguely support some kind of test. Like how could you like implement anything like that in the law without it sort of just basically being like an ugly test. Like if you're like, if you're, if you're passing, if you have all these like markers of femininity, oh, then you get to change your sex marker. I don't see how that could work in the frame of liberalism because I just see the lefties saying, you know, saying that that's gatekeeping, so, that's excluding. So anyway, does that make sense? So, so yeah. So I, I'm less interested in like policy and I'm more interested in like causality and like how these things come to be. Cause like 20, 30 years ago, this wasn't a problem. It was just like one in a million. There's a TS female gender marker asterisk. That's fine. But now it's an issue because there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And the way we have to look at like why that's happened. And I think the reason it's happened is straight men who are not particularly attractive are very, very down on themselves. They have no, it's all, social media has made everything about like identity. And in like a college leftist space, those guys have no clout. So they have to take something. I also think that like, there's a fair amount of men that are like minorly autogynophilic. Whereas in they'll, they'll sort of, you probably like guys who like, oh, the idea of cross-dressing might be kind of, but they can find these rabbit holes of like femboys on Twitter or like sissy hypno and they'll see the trans community and it's a pipeline like sort of thing where they go down a rabbit hole and they actually convince themselves that they should be trans. So if you want to like stop that from happening, you have to like, rather than just looking at policy, you have to look at, right, okay, one, men are isolated. They don't have any, they don't feel any worth. Stop that from happening. I think we need to like appreciate men. I agree with you on that more. I'm very pro-sexualizing men, for instance. Like make them feel good about themselves. Um, 
teach them how to take care of themselves. None of them can even do that anymore. And then also like dismantle the porn stuff because that is a, a big influence on it. So you can, this wouldn't be an issue if you dismantle it, you look at it through cause and effect determinism, right? So, okay. The, the Amy is picking up on things that are true in the causal sense of individuals who go down this pipeline, right? But I am actually in, in the inverse very interested in policy because I would say what is the true cause of this explosion that we are both ex acknowledging exists? It's because after Obergefell and the passing of gay marriage, all of these NGOs to talk about like actual economic structures that exist, all these NGOs and all these parapolitical organizations, these DNC auxiliary organizations, which had as their modus operandi, I'm sorry, as their raison d'etre to advance you know, quote-unquote marriage equality, once Obergefell was passed, immediately overnight lost their raison d'etre, so they had to switch over to gender ideology. And you could have all of these causal things that Amy brought up, you know, the, the de degradation of men, the et cetera, et cetera, the porn, all of that stuff. You could have all that, but unless you have the legal category for which for them to opt into, the legal processes for them to opt into, the insurance structures for them to take advantage of, for the psycho, uh, for the psychoanalytical medical structures for them to take, if, if the American Medical Association is not captured by ideologues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, those things kind of just die on the on the vine. But because of the policy questions, because of the ability for without gatekeeping or whatever for people to self-ID or and if for gender identity expression to be protected in the law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These things, which otherwise would die on the vine, then become an actionable political force on behalf of the left, which advances in their name. So each person who then go, falls down that pipeline and throws on a wig, whether they're AGP or whether they pass, they become a foot soldier for it. They become the locus, whether they're in their school or their workplace or whatever, through which the civil rights censorship regime is effectuated because they are the ones who are discriminated against, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very, very few. So it's like, consider all of the people who pretend to be the other opposite sex, right? It's very, very few that pass. Of those people, it's very, very few who are going to have a nuanced uh, uh, interpretation of all this stuff. So it's, I would classify what Amy, what Amy was describing as like a type of, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be insult, as an insult, a kind of liberal, you know, a kind of liberal individualized moral failing type of analysis as opposed to what I'm talking about is like, yeah, all those things could exist and an individual could fail morally and be a failed man and want to dress up like a woman, et cetera, et cetera, and like effectuate their fetish in public and force other people to participate in it. But without that whole legal superstructure to effectuate it and to uh, utilize it on behalf of the left, it kind of just all dies on the vine. Yeah, I just I just want to say like I completely agree with everything Amy said. Those are all serious issues um and all a huge part of where this is coming from, but sort of exactly like not to just reiterate what Basil said, but just like as long as there is some legal way for a person to to change their sex in that kind of way, like it, it's just that that pathway is just always going to be there and there are always going to be people pushing on it. So as far as I can tell, the only way to legally prevent that sort of thing from happening is to say that as far as the law is concerned, men are men and women are women. Um, and that has nothing to do with whether or not people can express themselves however they want and live however they want. Um, uh, but but yeah, anyway, I appreciate both your all's answers.
um, that's, that's all I got. So. All right. Thank you. Um, all right. We're going to go ahead. Hey, do you have anything else you want to add? No, no. I think, yeah, some great questions and enjoyed the discussion, but no, I don't, I don't have anything else. All right. We're getting a little kicked off the street as you will. We've been doing this on the, the streets of New York city. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to close it here, but we'll do, we'll do more debates and we thank everyone for their participation. Hey, you want to add anything? Goodbyes. Uh, we love you all. Thanks to our uh, debaters tonight, Amy and Basil. Uh, I think, yeah, it was, I think that, yeah, if anything, I think, and I think it was Amy that made this point that it is important to engage and in particular with people that disagree with you and not just shout all the names. So definitely think this was a great uh, conversation that kind of provides a model for that. So hopefully, yeah, love to do more. Yeah, we're one thing I'll say that unites us all is we're free speech absolutists. So we really appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, and that's that's a firm opinion I think everyone who's spoken here holds. So have a good night, everyone. Much love to everyone.